What's up? This is your midweek podcast, and my name's Corey. I'm sitting here with uh, Pastor Jason. What's up, everybody? And today we are going to be talking about hope. Uh, Pastor Jason, this past week, you actually started a new series here at River City Worship Center called One Word. Right. And uh, it was really exciting because you got to tell us uh, about the vision uh, of the church, about where we're going, about you know what we're wanting to be about. And so uh, this past Sunday, you talked about our church's compelling idea. And uh, before we talk more about hope, for anyone who may have heard of a compelling idea or maybe they've never heard of a compelling idea, uh, what does that even mean? Well, that's a great question because until someone asked me, I had never never heard of the phrase compelling idea. Uh, the story that I told Sunday was that uh, a guy named Brandon Stewart, a friend of mine, showed up. Uh, well, he didn't just show up. I invited him to come, but I invited him to come <laughs> last October. He is on staff at a Champion Center Church in Tacoma, Washington, incredible church out there. Shout out to Champion Center. But uh, I asked Brandon to come in and just kind of uh, look at our church, assess our church. We always like to bring in people from the outside and and uh, get a fresh set of eyes on any way that we could be better. And so um, Brandon came in, spent the weekend with us. Friday, hung out with Andrew and I. Uh, Saturday, hung out with the staff, leadership. And then Sunday, spoke for us in church, hung out at both our services and uh, we got to spend some time Sunday night kind of debriefing about the church, all really good things and, and some very helpful things that uh, we've been working on since then. But when we were headed back to the, uh, the place where he was staying, he said to me, he said, Jason, I love your church. I love your people. I mean, there's so many great things happening, but, you know, you can always tell when a butt's coming, but I've spent the whole weekend with you and I don't know what your compelling idea is. Uh, can you tell me? And, and that's the first time I'd ever heard the phrase compelling idea. And what he meant by compelling idea is, what is the big idea that compels you? I mean, that's pretty much what it means. What's the, what's the big idea that compels you? What drives you? What is it that you, you exist for, you have to achieve to feel like you're a success? The reason you get out of bed in the morning, the, I mean, just that thing that drives you. So he was asking, as a church, you know, what is your compelling idea? And honestly, Corey, I just, I didn't have one. Um, I mean, we do a lot of good things around here, but I didn't know what that one thing, that one win, that one vision that compelled us uh, was. And so that was last October. And since that time, just as a staff, we've just been uh, working to answer that question. What is our compelling idea? Yeah, I remember the the day after Brandon left, you uh, called me up. You uh, actually texted me. Um, wanting to see if you wanted to go to, if I wanted to go to Cracker Barrel with you the next morning. And we sat down and we talked about everything that you and Brandon discussed. And, and you just started kind of sharing your, your heart, your vision about what that could be, what could be our compelling idea. And so uh, after several months of prayer and meetings, uh, we decided our compelling idea uh, was hope. And specifically that we exist to share the transforming hope of Jesus. Now, how did we come up with that language, and, and why is language so important? Well, first, let me just say that uh, I'm in the middle of a fast right now, so I appreciate you mentioning Cracker Barrel because I'm totally hungry right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, spiritual conversations are more spiritual at Cracker Barrel. We know that to be true. So, um, yeah, so we, I mean, 10 months of prayer, conversation. I mean, it didn't take us all 10 months, but but several months of prayer and, and conversation and meetings of going back and forth, we, we decided as a staff that we felt like our compelling idea was hope. Um, not because it was something new we were coming up with that we wanted to start doing, but really it came from us identifying what we felt like our church was already doing. In a lot of ways, 
uh, we feel like our church has been a place of hope. And not just since I've been here over the last 10 years, but going back really in the 90-year history, if you talk to people who, who attended church here 30, 40, 50 years ago, they would tell you that this church has always been a safe place for people who are searching or were kind of down and out. And so as we started listing uh, everything that we felt like God had called us to and things that we were doing and things that made us unique, for us it just came down to that one word uh, of hope. And we want to be a place of hope. We want people to experience the transforming hope of Jesus. That was kind of the, the, the mission statement that we settled on. But really, if it came, comes down to one word, it's really just about hope. We believe the world needs more hope. We believe Jesus is the hope. And so we, we want to, what compels us, the reason we feel like God has put us at 75, 15 Third Street Road at this place, at this time, is to, uh, is to share the hope. Yeah, I, you know, thank you for giving, you know, the staff and elders credit in being a part of the process. I mean, we were, we were definitely a part of the process. We sat down for hours uh, on with the dry race board discussing what it is we're about, uh, what is it that our church does best. But I, I believe that God speaks to its pastor about, you know, what, what the church is supposed to be. And I feel like you are the one that kind of got us in the direction of identifying that it is hope that we are best at. It is hope that we love to give towards others. And uh, let me ask you this. Why does hope resonate so strongly with you? I mean, you're the one that came to us saying that you believe strongly that, that, that the word is hope. Why is that, that it resonates with you? Well, honestly, Corey, I think it goes way back. I don't have time to give you the whole story, but I think it goes way back even to just some of the DNA God birthed in me. Um, I've always struggled with uh, religion. I've always struggled with church um, the things we do in church for no reason. I, I remember as a kid going to church, uh, young teen, uh, maybe late adolescent, I remember, you know, going to church and just driving home and asking my mom and dad, like, mom and dad, why, why did we do that? Why, why, why does it feel like everybody in church looks the same, smells the same? And <laughs> like, there was just something that felt uh, stuffy and um, it just didn't feel like Jesus. I, I mean, I didn't know how to explain that as a 12, 13, 14-year-old, but as I started reading the Bible and started having my own relationship with Jesus, it just bugged me that that church didn't feel like what Jesus felt like in the Bible. And I'm not saying that like indicting anybody or, I mean, it's not, we, we do the best we can do, but I just feel like that every person who was around Jesus, except for religious people, really liked him. Right. And they felt hopeful, no matter what they were dealing with, no matter what was held against them, no matter what culture said about them, they felt hopeful around Jesus. And so um, when I started getting serious about my relationship with God, when I started feeling like I was called into ministry, I don't know if I knew the language that we're using right now, but I knew that God was calling me to be a part of a church that people could feel the hope of Jesus, not religion, not more rules, not more guilt, not more condemnation. Because I think, I mean, unfortunately, Corey, the church is really good at guilt and condemnation. We, we lob, you know, guilt grenades to try to get the best out of people. But Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus was about hope. Jesus was about, you know, life, speaking life, encouraging people. I think about, you know, the, the adulterous woman. We use that story a lot around here. But, I mean, she was guilty, man. She, she should have been stoned. The law was true. And she, she deserved to die according to the law. But Jesus, you know, he spoke hope there. The woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, 
Here's a lady who, you know, was, was married five times, living with a guy who is not her husband. Jesus could have dropped the hammer. He spoke hope. You know, they, they found hope in him. We could keep going on and on. Zacchaeus up in the tree. There's hope, you know. Right. And I want to be a part of a church that, that feels like that, that, that spreads that message. And so it just resonates with me. I, I'm kind of uh, allergic to, uh, to religion. So I break out in hives or something when I get around something that is like a man-made thing, but just doesn't feel like Jesus. And so we're not perfect at it by any means. We're not perfect at it, but we try our best to, uh, to do that. And so it just resonates with me because I, I guess if I wasn't a pastor— I would want to go to a church like that. And so since I get to be a pastor, I want to create a church like that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really incredible because as we have gotten to hear other people's stories who come to our church, we've shot baptism videos, testimony videos. One of the things that we constantly hear people say is how much they love that our church is, is judge free. Like they don't feel condemned when they walk yeah. in. They don't feel condemned when they walk out. And so uh, as you were speaking to our people, though, this past Sunday, you mentioned the phrase hope dealers uh, several times in your sermon. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about what does that mean, hope dealers? Well, I'll, I'll try my best to explain. I don't even know if I am totally sure of what it means. I, I don't know if you've ever had these experiences, Corey, uh, or maybe the people listening, but there are times when I'm reading the Bible or I'm praying, and, and not because I'm super spiritual by any means, but just because I think I'm beginning to, to listen more uh, in my time with God. And so there, there are these times where God just drops a phrase or a word, some words kind of in your heart or in your mind, and you can't get away from them. They just kind of haunt you almost. They just, they're in there. They're stuck in your head or your heart. And so as, as we spent these months talking about hope and, and wanting to be a church that, that has the language, you know, and, and knows what we're going for there, this phrase, hope dealers, just was kind of lodged in me. And I guess, I mean, if I'm being honest, part of the reason that it resonated with me is because in the community that we're in, that side of town that we're in, um, drugs are a big part of where we are in the South End. Matter of fact, our church is located just, I mean, about two-tenths of a mile from kind of a main hub from a from kind of a drug station. At least I've been told that. I don't know, but I've been told that. So um, just this idea of drug dealers, I, I don't know. It was like the opposite of that. God said, <laughs> I want you to be a hope dealer. Oh, okay. And just started thinking about, I, I don't have experiences with drugs. I've got other sins that have, you know, messed with me, but drugs has never been one of them. But, you know, I've, I've watched enough shows and movies. I kind of know the stereotype of a drug dealer and I want to do all those things. I just want to replace drugs with hope. I want to, I want people to know where to find me. I want to be their dealer. That's I want, awesome. I want them to, to know that if, hey, if I get to that guy, he'll give me a hit of hope, you know, and, awesome. and it's. It sounds kind of silly, but when somebody walks through the doors of our church or I'm at a restaurant with a waiter or waitress or somebody that I work with, like I want to be a hope dealer, somebody that they tell their friends like, hey, man, I I got a guy. I know a guy. And and so I I mean, I don't know if that makes sense to anybody or if it, you know, it sounds a little silly, but um, I just want to always be dealing out hope. And people, when they leave me to to feel more hopeful, to, to see more of Jesus and I don't want to just, you know, make people feel better. That's obviously a part of it, but um, I want them to, to see Jesus and to and to find hope. That's awesome. I, you know, as you were saying, you've been talking to the staff and elders for months about this, about this one word, about our compelling idea, and we're just really excited to hear you getting to finally preach it to our people about letting the people know exactly what we yeah. stand for here at this church and, and what we're about. And so, uh, without giving anything too much or giving too much away, what what's next? What can people be uh, looking forward to after this? Well, 
in you know in the weeks that we have left in this series, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the the three commitments that we made. And if you if you weren't be able to be here Sunday, uh, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast. But we talked about three commitments that the compelling idea is hope, the transforming hope of Jesus. But the the way that we feel like we're going to do that, the way that we're going to offer that hope is through doing three things. The first thing is we want to help people really grow spiritually. We feel like hope comes from knowing Jesus more. So we want to do that. The second thing is we want to help hurting people. And it's something we've already been doing at this church. We want to up the ante a little bit and, and people feel more hope when you help them where they are, where they're hurting. And then the third thing we want to do is create uh, non-religious environments. We've already been doing that, but but now we have the language. And, and so we want to just keep making sure that we're doing that and get better at doing that, creating non-religious environments. So we're going to spend a few weeks talking about those things, how they apply to us, why it's important to us, um, and how God's going to use that in our church. And so the next uh, few weeks is really just going to be us, you know, repeating the vision over and over again. The Bible says where there's no vision, uh, people perish. And so uh, we can say the vision once or twice, but we'll forget it. We want to just over-communicate that vision so that we can know where God's taking us as a church. And I shared Sunday about the, the Tower of Babel. Uh, it's a story in Genesis 11, 12, something like that. It's between 11 and 14. I'm not totally sure. But... Um, it's a crazy story because the Bible says that that God came down and uh, God came down and he saw the people building a tower that was going to reach to the sky and they were succeeding at it. And God said to his angels, he said, the people are united and they're speaking the same language. So nothing will be impossible for them. And that's really my hope, my goal, my, my dream for our church is that God would would not he, he would take this passion that, that we have as a staff for hope and he would inject it into other people's lives and uh, and then and that we would be united around that. We would be united around the idea of hope. And so now we've got the language. And if we can speak that language and be united, I really believe what God said is true, that nothing would be impossible. So that's what the next couple of weeks is going to be about. And then obviously over the next few months and years, uh, we're just going to keep repeating the vision, making the vision clear for the people who are here, the people who are to come. And, uh, you know, I said Sunday, I said, look, I'm kind of making up this number because who knows what God has in store. But I really, for me, it's kind of a 35-year goal, which is a long-term goal, but it's a 35-year goal uh, that I'm going to be here at this church and, and we're going to be together building this place where, where people experience the transforming hope of God. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Well, you've got me excited. You've got the rest of the staff and elders really pumped about this this whole series, this whole idea, this compelling idea. And so uh, thank you for just t- taking the time to sit down and, and talk with us. Oh, man, absolutely. I enjoyed it.